Hello, friends, and welcome to the PrepWell podcast. I'm your host, Phil Black. And if you have an 8th, ninth, or 10th grader with big aspirations, like the Ivy League or military service academies like West Point, ROTC, or athletic scholarships, boom, you've come to the right place. My specialty, my superpower, if you will, is preparing families for these competitive programs. I'll teach you what your child should do, when they should do it, and how you can help. So stick around and prepare to out-prepare. Hello, friends, and welcome to the PrepWell podcast. Today's podcast is all about how to prepare for the college interview. In today's world, of course, it's the college Zoom interview. For the colleges that are still conducting interviews, nearly all have shifted over to Zoom interviews for obvious reasons. Now, if your child is not a senior going through the application and interview process right now, I still urge you to listen because I think we'll cover some core principles that will apply to your child sooner than you think. You'd be surprised how quickly your son or daughter may be asked to do a Zoom interview for a job or an internship or a scholarship or an Eagle Scout border review or some other reason. I think you and your child will get a lot out of it. Now, traditionally, college interviews give students the opportunity to demonstrate their strong interest in particular colleges. And it allows for colleges to get to know more about the students beyond their applications. And you should know that not every college offers interviews. Those that do typically enlist the help of their alumni to actually conduct the interviews. And some interviews are strictly informational, while others are evaluative meaning the interviewer actually provides feedback about the student back to the college, and that information is taken into account during the selection process. Most colleges make it clear which type of interview it will be, but my advice is to always assume that you're always being evaluated, and as such, always be at your best. And while it varies from college to college, most colleges claim that there's very little downside to being interviewed meaning that even if the interview doesn't go particularly well, it won't hurt your chances of admissions very much at all. And there's only modest upside benefit, meaning even if you crush the interview, your performance will likely not overcome any big deficits in your profile otherwise. Now, I tend to believe that a very positive evaluation from an interviewer, even if theoretically it only accounts for, say, 5% of your application score, could be something to put you over the edge, especially at the more selective colleges. And especially this year, when many colleges are not requiring SAT or ACT scores, the colleges are desperate for more data about students. And the interview may provide them with some differentiating material. So like I've said many times, to separate yourself from the sea of sameness that most of you are treading in, you often need to go above and beyond what other students are doing to stand out. And by the way, this principle applies not only in the college application process or the college interview process, but in life as well. So we may as well get used to it. Okay, so let's get down to what you should do to prepare for a Zoom interview. And I have a bunch of tips here. Tip number one, don't forget your appointment. 
put the time and the date of the interview on your calendar. I know this might seem obvious, but you don't want to forget when you have the interview. And obviously, you want to deconflict the time and the date with other things you have going on in your life so that you have a clear calendar. Tip number two, the time of the appointment. Make sure you record the correct time. There's a chance your interviewer will be in a different time zone. So make sure you have the correct time for where you live. Now, as we most of us know, Zoom and Skype and other applications are pretty good about doing this for you, meaning deconflicting the different time zones, but just double check to make sure. Tip number three, research. Try to find out about your interviewer. When did they graduate from college? What was their major? What does their professional career path look like? Do they have any hobbies? Usually LinkedIn is a good source of this type of information, depending on what the interviewer does for a living, but I would start there. And the reason you want to learn about them is so that you can try to find some common ground that you might want to talk about to establish rapport during your interview. Tip number four, cheat sheets. Create a cheat sheet to use during the interview. One of the benefits of doing a Zoom interview is that you can have a sheet of paper or sticky notes in front of you that the interviewer can't see with bullet-pointed answers to some common questions. Now, I advise my prep wellers, both online and my private prep wellers, to put a few sticky notes right on their monitor, right next to the small camera lens, so that when you're asked a question, you don't have to look down at your notes. You simply glance a little bit to the left and right, find the answer to the question without losing eye contact. This is great style points. And speaking of eye contact, that leads me to tip number five, which is the camera lens. Make sure you're looking at and talking to the camera lens on your monitor or your phone or your laptop, not the person. I know this can be disconcerting because your instinct is to look at the person that you're talking to. Do not do this. Most of you have probably figured this out given your recent experience with Zoom, but I just want to reiterate it here. When you look at the person, the person actually sees you looking down and away from them, not at them. So practice talking to the camera lens. I often coach students to put a small sticky note right below the camera lens with the words, look here, with a big arrow pointing up to the camera lens. Obviously, the interviewer can't see the sticky note, but it's a good reminder for the interviewee to look into that camera lens. And when you do that, you will in fact appear to be making eye contact. Tip number six, lighting. Make sure your face is well lit. There's nothing worse for an interviewer when the student is backlit and looks like a black silhouette and the interviewer can't make out any facial features or expressions. That's not good. Natural light is usually the best if you can find a place with a window to the outside. Obviously, this doesn't work in all scenarios. It doesn't work at night. So if you can't catch any natural light, try to set up a few lights in front of you and around you to light up your upper body. Now, you don't want to go overboard with lights and put yourself in a complete light bomb where your whole face is washed out. You want to find that happy medium. 
which leads me to tip number seven. Do a test run. You must practice your setup before your actual call. Test the lights. Test the sound. Test the background. Make sure your technology is good to go. Set up a Zoom call with a friend or a parent or a sibling and ask them how you look. Can they see your face? Is it well lit? Or switch places with them and you see how you look from the interviewer's point of view. Tip number eight, technology. Most students these days are pretty savvy with the different applications that may be used, but double check just to make sure. Make sure you're comfortable using whatever the proposed technology is, whether it's Zoom or FaceTime or Skype or Microsoft Teams, whatever it might be, make sure you've tested it out. Tip number nine, natural background. I am personally not a big fan of the green screen backgrounds where you can add your own custom images. They never seem to work quite right. They're normally pixelated and wonky and messy. I think you keep it simple and distraction-free. It doesn't have to be fancy. It can be very nondescript. And obviously you should tidy up your room or wherever you plan to conduct this interview if the background is visible. So check it out first. You of course want to avoid crazy wall posters or a messy bed or unsightly bureaus with clothes hanging out all over it. Use your common sense. Tip number 10, stand during the interview if possible. This might be awkward for some students. I know it was for one of my sons. But conducting the interview from a standing position normally communicates a lot more energy and enthusiasm. Your voice is typically more confident and projects better when you're standing. Make sure you stand up nice and tall, shoulders back, no slumping shoulders, and that the camera lens is at eye level, approximately. And yes, sometimes it takes a little bit of effort to stack up a few boxes to put your laptop on to get it to eye level, but I think it's worth it. Now, if you don't take my advice and you sit during the interview, at least raise your laptop up on the desk so that the camera lens is at your eye level. Otherwise, it looks like you're constantly looking down at the camera and doesn't look as polished or as natural. Tip number 11, dress well. I know there's the running joke out there that you can do these Zoom calls in your pajama bottoms. Yay! Because no one can see your lower body. Yeah, I get it, but just don't do it. It won't feel right, and that discomfort will manifest itself in your performance. Take this seriously. Do all the things that you would normally do for an in-person interview. Take a shower, get your hair in order, brush your teeth, and dress appropriately. You will look better, feel better, and believe it or not, you will then perform better. Tip number 12, speak clearly and enunciate. As seamless as streaming and Zooming have become, virtual conversations are never quite as natural as in-person conversations. The personal connection and the timing is just not quite there yet. This means that you should pay special attention to how clearly you are speaking. Try to enunciate even a little bit more than you would in person. Be deliberate with your words and pacing and intonation. Video will make this look natural, even though you might feel like you're going a bit overboard. Practice it. Get on a call with a parent and test out your communication skills. Ask them how you're doing. 
And you certainly don't want to mumble. You want to speak up and be as articulate as possible. Try to avoid answering with the low energy, yeah, or uh-huh. Instead, hit them with a yes, or even a yes, sir, yes, ma'am. You know, I would typically err on the side of formality versus informality. Tip number 13, nonverbal cues. Especially on a video call, it's important that you make a special effort to monitor the interviewer's body language and tone and to manage your own nonverbal cues. For example, if you don't smile frequently, you can appear to be disengaged to the person on the other end of the call. That doesn't mean that you have to maintain a fake smile 100% of the time, but just remember that a big smile looks like a little smile once it gets filtered by the video transmission. Think about nonverbal communication, like nodding your head and smiling to show that you're listening and that you care about what the person has to say. You don't have to always interrupt them verbally, but you can show them that you're tracking with body language, that you're picking up what they're putting down. Tip number 14, reduce distractions. Try to choose a quiet, reliable location. This may not be as easy for some as for others, but do your best to eliminate the possibilities for major distractions. Make sure your sibling doesn't accidentally barge in on you during your interview because he or she didn't know that you had this important call going on. Make sure everyone in the proximity of your call knows what you're up to, assuming this is possible. Put a sticky note on the door, whatever it takes. If you have a barking dog, try to find a way to prevent any extended barking episodes, or maybe even have someone take the dog for a walk. Make sure you shut down your phone, your email, and your text notifications, dings, dongs, fancy audio ringtones. Silence all of that stuff. Now, even if you do everything in your power to lower the risk of distractions, guess what? Something will invariably go wrong. Maybe even a few things will go wrong, whether it's the dog barking or some technology issue or a series of airplanes going overhead, or the doorbell, or there's a garbage truck outside your window which never seems to leave, these things will likely happen. How you react to these interruptions, these distractions, leads us to tip number 15. Don't panic. The worst thing you could do is to freak out because the doorbell rings, or because your sisters are fighting in the hallway, or because your AirPods are running out of battery, or you forgot to plug in your laptop and it's losing power. How you deal with these stressors will say a lot about you as a person. If you're visibly shaken or freaked out or yelling at your siblings to quiet down or showing some serious frustration, that's not a great sign. These stressors give you the opportunity to show the interviewer that you're a cool customer who can take things in stride. Feel free to joke about it, laugh it off, or calmly fix the problem. This will show the interviewer that one, you're cool under pressure, two, you know how to deal with adversity, and three, that you just don't take yourself that seriously. Make light of it. Don't let it throw you off your game. And then get back to the interview and keep going. Sometimes a glitch like this 
can be used to your advantage when you show the interviewer how confidently you respond to it. Tip number 16, ask questions. While most of the questions will obviously be directed to you, don't get so self-absorbed that you forget to ask your interviewer at least a few questions. And here's a story that really illustrates this. A student who happens to be very interested in medicine meets her interviewer at a Starbucks. This was pre-COVID, by the way. The interviewer shows up wearing hospital scrubs. You know, this is the, the plain blue shirt and pants that doctors and nurses typically wear in the emergency room. It appears as if the interviewer just came directly from the hospital. And the interviewer and interviewee, the student, they sit for an hour and the student talks about her grades and extracurriculars and summer jobs and her intended major, but never once asks the interviewer about their scrubs or where they work or what they do or where they just came from. The student was so self-absorbed that she didn't engage the interviewer on something that should have been a very easy thing to talk about. She could have very easily said something like, hey, I see you're wearing scrubs. Did you come right from the hospital? What type of work do you do? Unfortunately, she missed this opportunity. There's no rule here, but I would say that 75% of the time should probably be you answering questions. But the other 25% of the time, hopefully your interviewer is contributing to the conversation, either answering questions of yours or chiming in with something that, they're, that piqued their interest. And remember, asking people about their likes, their dislikes, their opinions, normally leaves a very positive impression on them, mostly because people like to talk about themselves. Tip number 17, what kinds of questions should you expect from the interviewer? Well, of course, this varies by college and interviewer and interview policies, but the short answer is the interviewer wants to get to know you. They want to have a nice, engaging conversation. They want to see what excites you what type of upbringing you've had, why you're interested in their school, what you might want to major in. So here's some common questions that I would think about beforehand and jot down bullet point answers to on my sticky note cheat sheets. Remember, these are the sticky note cheat sheets that you can stick up on your laptop monitor right next to the camera lens. That way, if you're asked one of these questions, you can take a quick little side glance at your bullets and give a powerful and compelling and thoughtful answer. Here are some common questions that I would create a short bulletized list of answers to. Let's start with question number one. Well, technically this is not really a question, but I would create a list of what I call small talk topics. This could be about the weather or COVID-19 or an upcoming holiday or something happening at the college, or basically anything to help you ease into a conversation. I would have a little sticky note there with a couple of bullet points regarding those chit-chat topics. All right, let's get to the next questions. Question number two, tell me about yourself. Again, you're not going to write a full-blown answer on a sticky note. I would simply make a list of three to four topics that are important to you, and then you'll fill in the blanks in real time. For instance, your bullet points could be something like, for the question, tell me about yourself, bullet point one, family life. 
Bullet point two, academic interests. Bullet point three, your favorite extracurricular. And bullet point four, something unique about you. That's it. Just put these four bullets there just to prompt you to then further expound on those topics during your 60-second answer. Question number three, what draws you to XYZ college or XYZ university? Again, top three bullet points. Question number four, what has been your favorite part about high school? Bullet one and two. Question number five, what's been your biggest challenge? Question number six, name your biggest strengths and weaknesses. Question number seven, do you know what you might want to major in? Question eight, how has COVID impacted you and your family life? Question nine, what's the latest book you've read? Question 10, who's been a big influence on you? Of course, there are dozens and dozens more questions, and I cover a lot of those in the online program and with my private students, but this is a good start. And of course, there are no guarantees here. I'm not saying that these are the top 10 questions that every interviewer will ask you. Certainly not. This is just a sampling of what you should. These are common questions that you'd probably be asked. And to get you going on writing down some bullet points to answer those just in case they're asked. There's no telling if any of these questions will be asked. But it sure is nice to have thought of a few answers to these common questions before the interview. It will make you look sharp prepared, and articulate. And of course, not just putting bullet points down, but practicing answers to some of these common questions would be even better. The more you practice, the better and more confident you will be. I urge all of you prep wellers out there, or soon-to-be prep wellers, whether you're a senior preparing for your actual college interviews, or a student-athlete who's talking to college coaches, or an aspiring military officer, preparing for a congressional nomination interview, go through this checklist and prepare, prepare, prepare. That's all I've got for you today, folks. Thank you for tuning in. If you know a parent with an 8th grader, ninth grader, 10th, 11th, 12th grader in high school that might find this helpful, please share this episode with them. You can do that by finding that small box with the tiny arrow pointing up. That's the share button. Click that button text it to your friends, and put a little note in there saying, please listen to this. I think you'll get a lot out of it. If you have questions, comments, or an idea for an upcoming episode, please don't hesitate. Reach out to me by email, DM me on Instagram, check out our blog, visit Facebook, connect with me on LinkedIn. I would love to hear from you. And until next week, goodbye, good luck, and never stop preparing. This podcast is brought to you by PrepWell Academy. PrepWell Academy is my one-of-a-kind online mentoring program that delivers to your ninth or 10th grader a short, highly relevant video from me every week, every Sunday, in fact, where I give them a heads up about what they should be thinking about to stay ahead of the game. To get these valuable lessons into your child's hands, please head over to prepwellacademy.com and enroll your child today.